Hey, welcome back to the Worldview Minute. In today's episode, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about wisdom for work. And what I'm really trying to do here is to gather some some loose ends from around Scripture to kind of lay out, um, to fill out the edges, as it were, of a Christian view of work. In our next episode, we're going to summarize then this Christian view of work. But I want to, I want to throw some things out at you. We saw the last one that the Protestant work ethic kind of changed the way the West thought about work, and it transformed. Uh, the world uh, for the better into a more prosperous place with less poverty, less disease, all of all of these things. And this is, this came about by showing us that any righteous occupation glorifies God and brings glory to him. And that in our work, we are to serve and love God as we image God, because this is part of what it means to be human. And we are to love others. Right? Love God, love others is the ethic of this entire universe in, in everything, especially in work. Loving God as we serve Him with our gifts, and we do that. We express this also by providing goods and services that is loving uh, to others. And on that, now we we got to extrapolate some things. We got to bring some things out that the Bible also includes within this sphere of work. So I have for you six truths um, or wisdom pieces of wisdom or truth about work. And the first is this: you have the right to the fruit of your own labor. You have the right to your own property. Well, everything, if we're looking at it from a God's eyes view, everything ultimately belongs to God because why? God created everything. He has an inherent right over it. But as we as image bearers and the likeness of God are sub-creators, we have an inherent right to our own property. When God forbids stealing in the Ten Commandments, he's affirming a right that we have. It is the right to that which is ours. Now, this does not mean that you can own whatever you want or that you can look at your neighbor's property and say, well, I have a right to that. That's what modern communism and Marxism try to do. But rather, that which is yours and the product of your own labor in your own hands is yours on a horizontal level, on a vertical level. God has authority over all things. Everything ultimately belongs to him. He gives us stuff and we are entrusted with it. But on a horizontal level, there is a universal right to property. Uh, to own whatever you want, but that that which is yours is yours. No one has the right to come and take it without just cause. And so the Christian view of work and society and laws and morality is is this. There's a there's a heart here, right to life, and there's also a light or a right to property, a God-given right to property. That that which is yours is yours and should be protected, and that right should be honored. Um a second bit of wisdom that really should go without saying, but we live in a fallen world, so things are broken, and we don't want to we don't want to jump into a a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of mentality or a prosperity gospel where if you just have enough faith and say the right things or the right incantation, then everything will go well. But this second truth or bit of wisdom is affirmed to us in the book of Proverbs uh, again and again. It's that hard work generally pays off. Go to the ant, O sluggard. See what the ant has done. With no boss over him, the ant works hard, and you should learn from it. God has hardwired it even into the animals who don't need bosses uh, to work hard. Hard work generally pays off. The book of Proverbs could be summarized as what Paul says in Galatians 6 7 that you reap what you sow. This is the general way of this world. Sowing and reaping is the basic, basic principle of work. If you sow apple seeds, you will reap an apple tree if you actually, you know, put in the work to take care of it. Um, generally speaking, hard work will be re- rewarded. And this is, again, put out in uh, Proverbs again and again, Proverbs 12, 11, Proverbs 12, 24, Proverbs 12, or 21, 5, again and again. Now, 
The presence of sin and evil in this world perverts that. You can be defrauded. You can work really hard and somebody through evil devices can defraud you. A natural disaster can come. Things can go wrong. There's no guarantee of success in this world, but there is a bit of wisdom here. In general, if you work hard, if you put in the hours, if you put in the sweat equity, you will succeed to an extent. You will reap what you sow. Christians, therefore, should work hard and aim at a measure of success in their work. Right? If it is those who are skilled who will stand before kings, you should want to be skilled at whatever occupation you find yourself in to get to that level without becoming, of course, a workaholic. Third, the, the, the reverse side of this. Laziness and foolishness generally lead to poverty. Taking foolish risks will impoverish you. Being lazy will impoverish you. Now, there are other ways in which people become poor. We know this, but we have seemed to have forgotten that some people are poor because of bad choices. Well, someone can be oppressed into poverty, into poverty through theft, fraud, uh, overregulation, and oppressive taxing. The general principle of life is this. If you are lazy and foolish in your decisions, you will reap poverty and want. Proverbs 10, 4, 13, 18, 14, 23, and uh, 23, 21. Poverty in, that, in those circumstances is the natural reward for laziness and foolishness. Christians, therefore, should avoid being lazy in their work ethic or foolish gamblers with whatever God has entrusted them with. Fourth, extrapolating these last two points, income inequality, that is the inequal or unequal outcomes of wealth, can be, not always, but can be a form of justice. What is justice? Well, justice is getting your due, getting what you have earned. It is true that people who are in powers of position are positions of power and wealth sometimes use that wealth and power to pervert justice and to keep themselves in 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 the positions of power and riches. We get that. The Bible teaches that. But yet we also know that sometimes people are poor and it is not an injustice. It is not because they have been oppressed. We have to understand this today because much of the social justice movement has come in and saying if there's any out or inequality of outcome between different groups of people or different people or whatever, that's proof of injustice. The Bible says the exact opposite. Justice is getting your due. Justice is not equal outcomes. Hard workers will in general be rewarded for that work. Lazy people will in general be punished for their laziness. That is an unequal outcome, and that is just in this fallen world. Right? Justice is based on merit. The hardworking will in general prosper and the lazy will in general suffer. Are there exclusions or exceptions to those these rules? Yes, there are. But we cannot start with this Marxist view of reality that says if there is an income inequality, then boom, we have an injustice here. No, the Bible won't let you do that. It's far more complicated than that. And this is one way uh, in which the Marxist worldview has kind of worked its way into the church, and we have to push back against it. If you read the book of Proverbs, you will see this. You will see that sometimes poverty exists because of justice, not because of wickedness or injustice. Fifth, in all of this, even though we have a right to our own property, even though um, uh, things belong to us on a horizontal plane, everything ultimately belongs to God on a vertical plane, this means that God can command you to be generous with your stuff. And he, in fact, he does. 
A poor person can't come up to me and demand that I have to, that he has a right to my goods. That is stealing. That is Marxism. That is wickedness. But God, who ultimately owns everything and gives you everything that you have, including your work ethic, he does have the right to tell you what to do with your stuff. Why has Marxism been so appealing to us? Because there are a lot of, are so appealing to the modern church, because we don't think very clearly. And there are a lot of passages in the Bible in which we are commanded to give to the poor, in which we are commanded to do this, this, and this, in which the Bible attacks the rich, but it's always attacking the wicked rich who are who, who ignore God's commands. Um, God can, because everything is his, he has a right to tell us what to do with our wealth, what to do with our surplus. And God expects us to be generous, whether you're wealthy or not. But especially if you're wealthy, the ultimate owner of everything is God, and he has the right to command that you be merciful and generous to your fellow human beings. Governments don't possess that right, because everything doesn't ultimately belong to the government. But God does have that right. So God commands his people to be generous to one another and to those who are suffering. Sixth, to balance that out, those who refuse to work should not eat. Christians are commanded to be generous, to look out for the poor and the needy, and this makes them vulnerable to be taken advantage of and to be manipulated. Wherever there is generosity, some will try to take advantage of it. Nevertheless, Scripture says, be generous, but it gives us this qualification in 2 Thessalonians 3, 11-12, that those who are able to work and yet refuse to do so should not be given um, um, generosity. They should be forced to work with their own hands. Christians must balance both mercy and justice and compassion with shrewdness. We do not want to enable laziness, enable sin, create welfare states, etc. Right? Those who cannot work and don't work is one thing. Those who can work but refuse and then try to mooch off of society, mooch off of others, that is sinful. Christians should not support that. Christians should have nothing to do with that. So those six pieces of wisdom, kind of scatterbrain wisdom that we find throughout Scripture as we look at this sphere of work, which includes wealth, and how we should live that out as Christians. The Bible really is sufficient for all of this. It has given us direction to cover all of these different areas. We're going to, in the next video, kind of summarize what is the Christian view of work. If we can if we can do that in one video, it might be a little much. If we can do that in one episode, we're going to try to do that for you. I thank you for listening as we build the Christian worldview uh, one minute at a time.